This season of The Wedding Digest is brought to you by Wedbooker, the only place to find and book your dream wedding venue and suppliers online. Go to wedbooker.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Wedding Digest. Now, if you're new to this pod, welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm Lucy, a producer and presenter, and joining me as always is Ali, our very talented wedding planner guru. Hey guys. So on this episode, we caught up with the lifestyle, fashion and travel blogger, Lisa DeSanctis from the beautifully crafted Instagram and blog, See Want Shop. So Lisa tied the knot with her boyfriend, Daniel, in a New Year's Eve shindig in Wangaratta, Victoria. We can think of no better way to ring in the new year than saying I do in front of 150 of your family and friends. Oh, so much fun. And the Melbourne-based influencer has gained a huge following for her real, honest and positive post. And honestly, she's just as beautiful to chat to in person. Oh my God, she's amazing. Now, hindsight is obviously a wonderful thing, which is why we asked Lisa to share her top tips for couples in the process of planning their own special day, including her non-negotiable suggestions for hosting the ultimate wedding event. Here's Lisa. Well, the beautiful Lisa, thank you so much for coming on our potty. We're so excited to be chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting. It's like giving me something to do. <laughs> I know because obviously <laughs> you're you're based in Melbourne. You know, this is a second lockdown um, that you guys have been in, which you've been in for the past few weeks. How are yeah. you holding up? It's it's not great, but it is what it is, and there's nothing we can do about it. Unfortunately, I'm trying to make the most out of what is a pretty crappy situation and take every day as it comes. Are you and Daniel still in that kind of wedded bliss phase or did COVID (laughs) kind of burst that bubble for you a little bit earlier than expected? (laughs) Well, we didn't get to go on our honeymoon. Um, We were planning, we actually had a wedding, um, my cousin's wedding in London in April, which got cancelled. We were going over to London for that and then we were going to do Italy together as our like proper honeymoon. Um, he's Italian by background. Um, his grandparents were born there. We were going to do Sicily, which I was really excited about because neither of us have been. Um, so that all got cancelled, but I'm really glad actually – a few people told me to book a mini moon after, straight after the wedding, and we did. And we booked Halcyon House in um, New South Wales, it's the most beautiful hotel, like Palm Springs kind of vibes. And I'm really glad we did that because I felt that really was our time to just, oh my gosh, we just got married. Um, let's, yeah. Let's just let all that sink in. And it was such a hectic end of the year because we got married on New Year's Eve. So you've obviously got all of your course. parties, Christmas, and then mm. straight into the wedding. So December was absolutely bonkers. Um, so it was just really yeah. to just relax, catch up, let it all sink in. So I feel like we did get mm. that to a degree for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, oh, good. a honeymoon, but I'm glad we, we had something. Well, look, it's good to hear that you are surviving in lockdown and it sounds like you're doing well. Now, how did you meet the love of your life, Daniel? Great question. We met, it would be 10 and a half years ago now. So I had just finished uh, university and it was Australia Day Eve. I remember that because obviously Australia Day Eve is always a big night out on the town because everyone's got the public holiday the next day. Um, and I remember sitting in my in my backyard, I was still living at home, 
and it was a really hot day. And I was just like, you know what? I feel like going out tonight. And so I, I called up one of my girlfriends and she was up for it. And we managed to get a gang together. And so we went out to one of our kind of favorite bars at the time, a bar called Metropole in St. Kilda. And then one of my girlfriends bought her boyfriend. He bought some of his friends and one of those friends was Daniel. That night turned into a, a yeah a big night. Like yeah, obviously being <laughs> yeah. early day. Uh, and I remember at the end of the night he asked for my number, and I didn't really think much of it at the time. Whatever. So I I you know I gave it to him. We said our goodbyes, whatnot. Yeah, he he messaged me and asked me out on a date and. I guess the rest you could say is history. It's so nice hearing those stories because there's so many, you know, Tinder or dating app stories where people meet yeah. online, which is, yeah, yeah, I guess. This was old school. The, old yeah, school, the, yeah. yeah. The original way. I actually ended up, because um, I'd just finished uni, and ended up getting a, my graduate job in the country. So I ended up moving to uh, Wangaratta, um, which is kind of ties in towards our wedding, which is why we ended up getting married up there. But um, yeah. so I ended up moving to Wangaratta and I basically was of the impression, oh, I'm never going to see this guy again because I'm moving to Wangaratta. I think we'd had, I don't know, a few dates, but we weren't like, we weren't boyfriend or girlfriend or anything when I moved. Um, and Credit to him. He like, he put in the effort. I was very much, I don't, I don't want to be anyone's girlfriend. And I remember, I even remember when he asked me, was like, can I call you my girlfriend? And I was like, oh, the poor guy. <laughs> I was like, I was so happy with how it was going. Um, and I was such a commitment phobe. And I think that's kind of what helped us maybe get together, me get over my commitment uh, phobia was the fact that I was, it was long distance. So I, I never felt suffocated yeah. at the start of our relationship. I ended up yeah, living up there for probably the first year of our relationship. And then I got a job back in Melbourne and, and moved back to Melbourne. So, so he was yeah. very patient. He was. And like we talk, we, every now and then we mention that. And I'm like, I can't believe like you pursued me when I moved like to a country town three hours away. And he yeah. says the same thing. He's like, yeah, me too. Like I'm really. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have the patience now. <laughs> Maybe. But um, I'm, I mean, I'm glad he did. Um, and it all worked out in the end. So, so do you think um, that's why maybe it took him around about 10 years to propose because he was worried what your answer might be? No, he definitely got, it only got to a point where he knew my answer would be. I think, uh, I think he just wanted to be like very settled in like work, career and money as well. Um, And I think it just took him a while to kind of get to that point where, where he was comfortable. So let's talk about that. Now you mentioned before that you tied the knot on New Year's Eve, which I love. I love the idea of having a wedding on New Year's Eve. Um, selfishly, because it's always that thing where at the end of the year, everyone's like, what are you doing for New Year's? I don't know. What are you doing for New Year's? And no one commits just in case something better comes along. But if you've yeah. got a wedding, like you <laughs> actually can't beat that. <laughs> so we're now nine months down the track. And I mean, boy, you must have been relieved that you did pick the 31st of December 2019 <laughs> and not further into 2020. Um, things could be very different. Let's start with your date. I do know a lot of other couples shy away from notable dates like New Year's or Valentine's Day or New Year's Day or Boxing Day. On, upon reflection, were you happy with your decision to marry on New Year's? Definitely. Couldn't have planned it better 
if I, if I tried. It wasn't like we had never we never had a heart set on that date. Um, once we picked our venue, we basically said to them, what dates do you have available? I basically wanted to get married as soon as possible. Um, we ended up having a seven-month engagement. We got engaged in April and married, yeah, in December. Um, That's a pretty quick turnaround. Oh, April. Yeah, oh, I was like, I, I just want to, like I said, we've been together 10 years. Like there's absolutely no point in extending this any longer. I said I didn't want to wait until the next summer and I'm obviously glad I didn't. And yeah. um, just said to them, oh, send us through, you know, what dates you've got available. And I said, in particular, can you send me through any dates that you have available that are on or around a public holiday because most of our guests will be coming from Melbourne, Sydney, Queensland. So I don't want them traveling all the way here and then having to rush anywhere. Yeah, they said, oh, we've got New Year's Eve available. Well, I think I said, do you have New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? And they said, yeah, we actually do. I was kind of like to Daniel, oh, what about New Year's Eve? It's like, yeah, I don't mind. It sounds good to me. The more we thought about it and with the more we got used to the idea, we're like, yeah, this is this is fun. Like that's a really good date to have it. And you will always know our, our um, anniversary day. <laughs> You'll never and forget it. Now, as you said, you turned your wedding around in seven months. How did yeah. you find the wedding planning experience? And what would you say were the most challenging and stressful parts? As soon as we got engaged, basically, um, I said to to Daniel, you know, if we're going to get married, I think it would be nice to get married somewhere that has meaning to us. And he agreed with that. He's like, I, I completely agree. That would be really nice. I said, I want a destination wedding. I don't want to get married in Melbourne. It had to be drivable for the grandparents to get there. Mm-hmm. So that kind of really eliminated heaps for us, which kind of made it a lot easier. And it kind of narrowed it down to two areas that we could get married in. The first one was Red Hill, which is uh, beautiful. It's a wine area. Yeah, an hour outside of Melbourne. We have a holiday house down there. So both sides of the family had spent a lot of time um, down that way and had a lot of um, wineries and, and places that we'd visited, you know, throughout our relationship. We've been going down there um, the whole time. So it, we had a connection to that part of the world. Um, and I looked at Red Hill, but there were no venues big enough uh, for how many people we were looking at. So how, ma- how many people did you have? 150, maybe 145. Yeah. So that quickly eliminated that. And then the other area was Wangaratta. King Valley, Rutherglen region, because obviously that's where I had uh, lived when we first started dating. And and it's also where my mum is mm. from. Uh, she's from that part of the world. So I had a lot of cousins and relatives up there as well. Um, so there was only maybe four or five places that were um, big enough um, up in that region. And we looked at the the two that were owned by All Saints, which was um, Mount Ophia and All Saints Estate. And we looked at both of them. Um, they were the only two venues that we looked at. We had been to All Saints Winery many times before. Um, like, uh, like I said, when we lived up there, we used to go there for lunch and things like that. So we knew that as a winery quite well. And once we saw the two, we just realized that All Saints – it's, it's a very grand, beautiful winery and we just thought if people are making all this effort to get to this wedding, um, which is, you know, not near any capital city, um, so people are coming from Sydney had to drive six hours, people from Melbourne, you know, three hours. So if if we're making people drive all this way, let's let's at least give them a location that's pretty iconic um, and All Saints Estate is beautiful. It's basically mm-hmm. like – 
looks like an old castle. Um, it has the most incredible tree-lined driveway, um, and it's just it's really beautiful and one of the oldest kind of wineries in the region. And All Saints definitely ticks all those boxes. As you said, I know when you drive down that driveway, it is just oh, spectacular. Um, credit to All Saints. They just went like above and beyond to make that property look just so schmick, like all the lawns and hedges were like perfectly trimmed. They had like the flags going, the fountain was like, it was just beautiful. Everything was beautiful. And that makes such a difference as well. When you go to a beautiful venue like All Saints and to any of our listeners that hasn't, haven't seen All Saints before, it is worth Googling or having a look on Instagram or jump onto Wedbooker and check them out. It is, as Lisa said, like a dream castle wedding venue that is just yeah. made for, it is so romantic and beautiful. Um, it's really like nothing else. Did you enlist the help of a wedding planner to bring everything to life? Absolutely. I <laughs> a must. <laughs> like that was straight away because I know what my strengths are and I know that organisation and attention to detail is 100% not one of them. Um, and so <laughs> I just knew that if I wanted this wedding to go smoothly, then I would need someone who knows what they're doing. I came across this this stylist planner um, and reached out to her and we got on the phone and she was just like, she was great. We just got along really well. And I, I thought about it and what I loved about her was that she was both, she was both a stylist and a planner, which everywhere in Melbourne had two separate teams. Like you could, you could um, hire the planner, but then you'd also have to um, hire their stylist team. So they were kind of like two separate teams, um, which definitely made it more expensive, A, but also just I felt like just added this whole extra maybe complication oh, yeah. that I didn't and there's, need. There's and more, then, yeah, there's more people to manage. Yeah, there's more people. And then obviously she was local. Like she lived up there um, So she and she had done weddings in the area. She had never done one at All Saints and she had been dying to for a very long time. Um, and so it just made sense to me. She was a two-in-one. It was in the end, it was kind of a no-brainer. She knew all the local vendors. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to try and find any of that. And it was also, she was on the ground. So I didn't have to worry about driving up there on weekends or anything. She'd, she'd go to the venue um, to do measurements or whatever and Etc. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> called um, Forethought by Samantha. So you can find okay. her on um, on Instagram. That's her Instagram name. And um, we'll tag yeah. her on our Instagram page as well. Yeah. yeah she, um, she, yeah, she killed it. She, um, she was so good. I was not stressed at all really up to the wedding. Like not at all. I was just, yeah, I just knew that she had everything under control um, and I didn't have to worry about anything. It was great. Oh, what a yeah. dream. So then let's let's maybe keep talking suppliers as I know all of our Victorian um, listeners will be taking notes, notes on this. Can you tell us who your glam squad was, who your florist was, yep. um, you know, any catering teams, any other teams that really helped bring the amazing wedding to life? I felt it was really important that if I was having a wedding up um, in the country um, that I would support local vendors. Um, I, obviously, I know there are some amazing ones in Melbourne, but it was really important to me that like, I tried to support you know, the local industry as much as possible. So we used a local florist who was based in Albury called The Real Florist. Same with the cake. The cake was a local baker called Little Red Robin. All the hiring as well, um, everything except the, um, the fairy lights. The fairy lights did come from Melbourne because they – 
couldn't um there was no one that had that many because basically I I wanted to have an outdoor wedding but you know realistically like having an outdoor wedding is very tricky especially at that time of year when it could be 42 degrees yeah so we ended up having obviously an indoor wedding um but I said I remember I said to Samantha I want it to feel like people are outside so the the roof was basically covered in fairy lights um so Mm. I remember they they did come from from Melbourne which she sourced um and then my glam squad I did use a local hairdresser I was originally going to bring my hairdresser up from Melbourne but uh, funnily enough, she has like a car, long car ride phobia. Oh my God, <laughs> that is so hilarious. I remember when I asked her, I was like, oh, I remember, I said to her, would you come, would you do my wedding hair? And she's like, I loved her. And then she's like, wait, where's the wedding? And I told her, she's like, how far away is that? And I said, oh, I can't have an hour. She's like, oh, no, no, I can't do that. What's she worried about? I don't know. That was very funny. She was just so Oh, that's hilarious. I was like, okay, that's fine. She's like, but, she's like, there is a hairdresser up in that region um, because my hairdresser in Melbourne is Edwards & Co. And Edwards & Co. run lots of training. Yeah. Um, they do, yeah. Yeah, for other, you know, hairdressers and she's like oh there's a girl up there that's come to a lot of our Edwards and Co trainings um and I've met her and she, um she's great I think you should reach out to her because she understands like she knows what the Edwards and Co kind of curl Vibe is like, yeah. yeah you know um because that's all I want I wanted my hair down and out in a nice wave and yeah so um so I contacted this girl I went and saw her at her salon which was um up there in Wangaratta and yeah she she did. Yeah. Perfect. I love that you used all local suppliers because a lot of people are nervous. They like to go with uh, someone that's been recommended or that someone yeah. uh, that their friends have had or someone that they know. But I mean, it, it is very, it is so worthwhile exploring what the local um, suppliers have to so. offer because they know the region and it also will save you money. Honestly, if you were looking at like, yeah, like hairdresser quotes in Melbourne compared to up there, just crazy different and like even flowers like I got a quote in Melbourne compared to the quote um yeah what we ended up having to pay um up there it was like absolutely worth it even if you just yeah. for budget reasons and I, totally. I put all my faith in Samantha I'd seen her work and I knew that she wasn't like a daggy country like she she got it she understood like what a chic country wedding looked like so I yeah. completely put my trust in her when she was like oh, I've got this vendor I was like look I, I trust you Samantha like you you know what you're doing and I guess if it is a region that uh, that does host a lot of weddings that it is going to attract a lot of good vendors and suppliers up there because they know they'll get a lot of work Absolutely. from that region as well. So time, it is, I think it is due to styling. Like you could have the same florist and obviously someone that doesn't really know what they're doing, putting the flowers out and they're like, eh, they kind of look okay compared to someone that like knows how yeah. to arrange. Like I, arrange. I feel like, yeah, sometimes it's just how, how you place things. Or So I think having that stylist like from Samantha's point of view, like just really helped. Like make Game changer. Really beautiful. Yeah. And chic. Totally. Sure. So my makeup artist was one person that I was just not kind of willing to compromise on because I don't get, I don't get my makeup done all that often. Um, and I'm not, I'm not very heavily into beauty or makeup. I, I, it's, I don't like wearing much makeup. I I just knew that that's something that could go wrong for me. (laughs) And I think that's one thing I see a lot of girls 
maybe trying to, I don't know. I feel like you should still feel like you on your wedding day. And sometimes I see girls just go so full glam and I, I'm like, oh, that's, that's not really a reflection of who you are. Um, so I just think that was one thing that I was like, you know what, I don't want to get this wrong because to no. me, I, I want to look like me and I want someone that knows my face. Um, and so I used um, Tess Holmes, who is a makeup artist in Melbourne. Well, she actually does live in Geelong. Um, but she's done like all my most of my makeup jobs for like race days um, and events and things like that in Melbourne when I do get it, when I do get it done. And yeah, in terms of my glam squad, she was the one person that did um, come up and she came up and stayed the night and then went home. A non-negotiable. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's talk about your flowers. Now, uh, for after doing like a, a solid Instagram stalk, I noticed you had these gorgeous, like stunning, large latte colored roses, I would probably say as part of your bouquet. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, you, you chose not to make flowers the key element at the reception. I wouldn't say it was a deliberate decision. I knew I wanted lots of fairy lights. I the chandeliers were already part of the venue, um, so that was great. And I did look at, like, doing, like, flowers coming off the roof. And mm. because it's such a big venue, the quote for that was just so astronomical that I was like, that's just not necessary. Like, we can just get away with just fairy lights. Um, yeah. And then the rest of the flowers, the only thing I really – was adamant on was my bouquet they were toffee colored roses Um, okay toffee I I was like latte is that the color no it's a bit deeper it was yeah I had seen them at an event and I had just fallen in love with them and I was and I knew I just wanted something really simple and I was like I just want toffee colored roses in my bouquet and then I just want the girls to have white and then I said to Sam other than that you do whatever you want with the flowers I don't mind I don't want huge things on the tables because I want we have long tables and my pet peeve is when you can't see the person on the other side so I didn't want anything too big um, yeah. that you couldn't see the person across from you. It was just like neutrals, like no, nothing too bright, like no like reds or bright pinks or purples. It was just like, yeah, toffee, beiges, peaches, whites, creams, um, green. That was that was just um, it was just a very neutral kind of uh, color theme. That was our mood board. It didn't <laughs> bother me what type of color they were, as long as they were in the in the theme and they weren't too overpowering um, or too tall. That's yeah. That was basically my brief. And I think that yeah. those coffee colored roses that you had in your bouquet just went so beautifully with your wedding dress. I mean, the photos of you, you in that dress are amazing um so oh, can you tell you. us a little a bit about the dreamy gown I know it was a um Karen Willis Holmes bridal gown yeah. how did you yeah. land on that one did you find it hard to choose the one or was um, it um pretty much love at first sight for you it's very funny because when I uh, had kind of started thinking about my wedding dress I absolutely did not think I would be wearing anything that was skin tight. I was always of the impression that I would have something that kind of went out at the waist, not like full princess, but like a bit puffy because I was just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not really that, you know, model um, kind of silhouette. So in my head, I was like, why would I ever wear anything that was body tight. So I, I think I, you're uh, a model silhouette. Oh, thank you. And if like, you've I seen this girl's abs on Instagram, you'll agree, <laughs> everyone listening. <laughs> that's that's a nice um, positive of isolation. Is that is the the abs 
thank you. Yeah. Um, it's like the one silver lining is I've got all this time to exercise. <laughs> but, um, uh, I just like, I don't really wear bodycon dresses or tight dresses in my day-to-day life. So and it never really occurred to me that that's, you know, what I would end up choosing. And, you know, I feel very lucky that I obviously have a, a fantastic following and community. Um, and I, I had um, quite a few girls like reach out to me and tell me their favorite uh, dress designers. And I, um, I remember I had a list of like the top um, dress designers. I was basically like, look, if this is what everyone's telling me, these are the most voted, oh, these are the most popular, then I'm just going to start start with those. And so that's I basically think I voted I, on your poll as well. Yeah, well, it just made <laughs> yeah. it easier. I'm like, oh, if, I, if I have, if I just like go <laughs> – go with those, then at least that kind of narrows it down because it can be super overwhelming. So I just started with like kind of like those top 10. My first ever one was Marquise Bridal, um, who were fantastic. They're the ones that ended up making my reception, my little party dress. Um, so oh, that, 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 was, that was fun. Yeah. So they have some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful gowns. Um, so they, that was the first place I went to. And that was the first actually place that I tried on like a tight bodycon dress. And when she put it on me, uh, I was like, oh, this is so not my style. And then like when I came out and like saw it in the mirror and I was there with, um, my friend Tully Smythe, she started crying. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, she's like this, oh my gosh, she looks so amazing. I was like, wow, this is definitely a style that I had not considered myself ever choosing. So I think my one tip would be to, to brides that are looking is just try on every style. And that's what I did. The more you put on, the more you'll know what you like. And that's basically what I did. So yeah. uh, I think Karen Willis Holmes was the third um, place that I went to. And um, I tried on that dress and I really like liked it. Um, and, and then, you know, I, got the girls to take some photos and, you know, a few videos. Um, and then I was like, you know, I'm not going to settle quite yet. Like I'm going to keep my other appointments. And I did, but then I kept kind of thinking about it and going back to it. And I've, I've heard that's what a lot of girls, you know, say happens. Yeah, it's just yeah. that one dress that you just keep thinking about. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. It was just like niggling. Like I was like, yeah, I just kept going back to it in my head. And like at night I would think about, it. I'm like, you know what? I just keep thinking <laughs> about that dress. And I was like, I think this means that this must be, yeah, the one. Like I love off the shoulder. And I, I had thought I wouldn't choose off the shoulder because I do wear it a lot. And I was like, I want to try and do something different. But in the end, I guess you go with what you know you love. And um, we ended up altering it. So the dress that's it is off the rack. So that was perfect as well because the fact that it was off the rack meant like we basically just had to order it. And then I think I had maybe two fittings and that was it. Like it was very like low key and quick and easy. Like, um, and I knew what it looked like. I think the hard thing with custom, and I thought I was going to do custom is that you don't know what it looks like until the end, um, mm. which scared me because I was like, what if it gets to the end? It's not quite what I thought it would be because you can't try it on. Like that's like, I think custom is great for me. I, I wanted to know, what I would look like in it. I wanted to know how I'd feel in it. I wanted to know how I would move in it. And then we altered it. And the team at Karen Willis Homes were phenomenal. They were so good to me. They were like, we can do what, what do you want to do to this to make it you? And yeah, they were so great. So we ended up changing, um, like the length of the sleeve. It was quite a long sleeve in the original dress. So we cropped the sleeve and made it like a really mini 
um, tight sleeve. We actually lowered the front. Um, the original front of the dress was a bit higher and we kind of turned it into a little bit of a V. So I had like a little bit of just nice amount of cleavage, nothing too intense, but just a little something. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then we lowered the back as well, just to make that back like quite sexy. We added the little buttons. They weren't part of the original dress. So the trail of buttons that like kind of go over your bum to like classic bridal. I really wanted them. We also added like a belt, like a velvet. I really wanted like a little belt just to like cinch my waist. Um, so we added the belt and we also added a split at the front of the dress. And I got to choose like the lace that um, sort of edged the split as well. I call it custom off the rack, which I loved. Yeah. Um, the, the style of the dress that I ended up going with was from um, one of their ranges that that Karen Willis Holmes calls like the active wear of bridal dresses um, because it was st- completely like stretchy. So you could squat in it, dance in it, like move in it, and it like just conformed to your body. It was fantastic. So it was so comfortable. Stunning. Yeah. Yeah, and it was me as well, and that's what my bridesmaid said to me. Like, this dress is just so you. And I was like, that's what <laughs> you want. You just want to feel. You just yeah. want to feel. On your wedding day, I always tell tell people that ask me, you just want to feel like the best version of yourself. Are you looking for your wedding venue and suppliers? Do you want to have all your wedmen in one place? Need some convenient support from Ali, our wedding planning expert? Well, Wedbooker is your go-to, the only place to plan and book your wedding online. Visit wedbooker.com. All right, so then I know you actually mentioned before that the first dress you tried on, you chose to have as your reception dress. Now, this was a gorgeous little silky, like slinky, sparkly number, and it was amazing. I know so many mm-hmm. brides toss up whether to have an outfit change. Like, do you go one dresses? Do you go two? In hindsight, do you think going two was the best idea or would you suggest maybe sticking to the one? Well, I, yeah, I, I never thought I would get two. I, I was just like, oh, I'm not that, I'm not that kind of, you know, really bridal bride that I need like a different outfit change. Um, but the more I tried on dresses, the more I was like, oh, I like so many styles. And I was like, I wish I could just wear like 10 dresses. And I was like, you know what a good compromise is would be to wear one dress at the start and then change and at least you get two that you like and so that was kind of like what my thought process behind that was and also the fact that it was New Year's Eve as well like I was like oh yeah. it would be fun to have like a New Year's yeah. Eve party down um and it was very was, New Year's Eve it was and we had the venue till 1 30 a.m it was a long long reception so, so I was like good. I've got time it's not like you know you go to some weddings and you feel like the, um, the bride gets changed before you've even seen her wedding dress. I've been yeah. with a couple like that where I'm like, oh, I didn't even get to see her before she was already changed. Um, yeah. And so I felt like, oh, I, I, I feel like oh, there's enough time to do it. Like I'm not feel like I'm cheating either dress if I do it. And that was really important to me because I like I was like, I'm not going to go all this effort and make the, get this beautiful wedding gown made and then only wear it, you know, for a couple of hours. So yeah. Yeah, it was important to me that like both dresses got a good run and I'm yeah, I managed to do that. So I went to Marquise and I was like, I just want like a really fun sequin party dress for New Year's Eve. Cute little I knew I just wanted like a wrap dress, something that was comfortable. It, it's a <laughs> it's a phenomenal dress. I love it. And um it was both great. Of them were. Cause a lot of people didn't know that I was changing, so well, most people didn't really. 
Um, so it was fun. So as we know, weddings are costly, obviously, and it, and mm. it's not. Sometimes it's just not possible to have everything that you want or everything that you dreamed of. So therefore, you do uh, end up prioritizing what means the most to you. For me personally, yep. we decided not to have a videographer, but that is actually the only thing I regret from my wedding day. I loved everything else, and I'd do it all again. But I would have a videographer there. So on mm. that note, is there anything that in hindsight that perhaps will help our couples? that are now just started planning or in the middle of planning, is there anything you regret not doing or not having on your wedding day? There's probably nothing that I like don't regret sort of having or not having. Probably my only like, yeah, regret was, I mean, and I, I imagine this probably happens with everyone that it's just really hard to, to get around and see everyone um, yeah. at the wedding. And I, I sometimes think back and I was like, oh, maybe I should have like started the dance floor like a little bit later so then I could have had time to like walk around the tables because I feel like once everyone's up from their tables and on the dance floor it's kind of hard you don't really have conversations with people that was my only kind of when I look back I'm like oh if I had have had a little bit more time where people were sitting um, then I could have gotten around and spoken to more people. But in terms, if you're if you're tossing up about having a videographer or not, I would hundred percent say do it. Um, yeah. Even if it's just to have records of the speeches and the ceremony, like that's kind of <clears throat> um, imagery and 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 footage that you can never get again. And I know, like my parents got married in the seventies. And they had a friend video record theirs and it's not great quality, um, but it's just not like, I just remember like being able to watch that and see that and see, even just see how they move and, you know, like that's, I think that's really precious. And I think that would be mm-hmm. something that you, you know, your future children would love to see if that's something you are tossing up. And I did toss up um, about it for a while. I really sat on the fence for ages thinking about if, if I was going to do it. And in the end, I'm, I'm so, so glad, so glad I did. Um, in the wedding ceremony, after I finished my vows, this big gust of wind came and um, took my veil and like went up in the sky and then it ended up going <sighs> into a tree and, it, and then oh, it came wow. down the tree. Yeah. And it was amazing. And everyone was saying, I remember afterwards, everyone's like, oh, that moment, because everyone started laughing and it was, it was really, it was funny. <laughs> it was just like a really nice lighthearted moment. What a beautiful moment. Yeah. yeah. Was, I remember everyone afterwards being like, oh, um, did the photographer get that? And she didn't get the exact moment. She obviously got in the tree and whatnot but like I was like oh I, I hope the videographers did and they did it's in the wedding video and like oh. little things like that like when I saw it in the wedding video I was like oh that was such a great moment it was just like so perfectly timed and and it was such, so light-hearted and nice yeah you can't so, plan yeah. that kind of thing can you no 100% not like yeah it was fantastic <laughs> So then when we talk about um, moments that you didn't want to regret regret in your wedding day, what were some of the elements which just absolutely non-negotiables for you that were must-have um, regardless of anything that just created your dream wedding? Having someone there on the day to take the stress off for me was a, was a must-have, like just knowing that um, I had the planner there, just making sure everything was running to schedule and to time and fixing things that I didn't even know needed fixing or, you know, things like that. So you can just be completely present on your day. Um, I think that's, that's that was very important for me. A non-negotiable for us was finding a venue that wouldn't kick us out um, before midnight. 
obviously not not everyone wants that kind of wedding, but I think if you are wanting um, people to, you know, get up and have a dance and enjoy themselves, um, you need to try and find a venue that that does go a little bit later. I think that's really, really important because I think it makes yeah. such a big difference to the night and how everyone leaves feeling a non-negotiable for me. Um, a non-negotiable for my father, not for me, was to have a priest. Mm-hmm. It was really important for him. They knew I wouldn't get married in a church, but he was like, it's still important to me that, that you uh, are married by a priest. And I was like, look, if it's so important to you, Dad, I'm, I'm happy to do it as long as you – Find me a priest that's not like just over the top religious, you know, someone that's got a great personality and, you know, happy to, to cut out um, and just do like a really minimal um, ceremony, then, then yep, that's fine. And he did. Credit to him. He found this great local priest that was had a really good personality. So that that was really important to my dad. And um, looking back, I remember at the time I was like, oh, you know, do I have to? But looking back now, I, I'm like, you know what? That's if that's important to him, then I'm glad that I did that. So then, finally, mm. our very last question for you: What would be your top three tips for any couples that are listening that are on their planning journey or they're about to start planning their wedding? I would say if you're going to do a first dance, which we did, uh, not to the great delight of my husband. Um, He wasn't very keen to do it at all. Like we had a few little lessons. I think that was really important and it it made it work really well. And so my tip would be if you are going to do a first dance, like you can just do one lesson um, if you want, just so you've got like a little bit of choreography, you know kind of what the other person's going to do. You kind of it's, it's synced to the song um, that you're going to be doing it to. So which like can kind of really make it and make it something interesting for people to watch mm-hmm. rather than you kind of just like floating on the spot. That's my first tip. My second tip would be to have some disposable cameras, um, film cameras. I know film's having a real moment um, right now mm-hmm. and I think there is something so honest and real about film photography and yeah. I had um, film cameras just dotted around just on the tables. And th- when we got those photos back, there was some absolute just genuinely just just real, real life, amazing photos that you'll just have forever. And yeah, they, I'm just so glad I had them there on the night. My third tip would be to think about all the weddings and events that you have been to in the past and think about what you've liked at those events and what you haven't liked. And I use that a lot in how I kind of planned my wedding because I've like been to weddings where I'm like, no, I didn't like that. I don't want that happening. Let's cut that or let's make sure that doesn't happen or been to weddings where, oh, they did that and that was so much fun or that was really clever. So I think um, it's really important to, yeah, use your experience to then tailor something that you know you will like. Thank you so much for joining us on the Wedding Digest podcast. We've absolutely loved hearing all about your incredible New Year's Eve wedding. It was an absolute party. Um, Of course, guys, if you haven't seen the photos from Lisa's wedding, you can check them out. She's got a special highlights reel in her stories on Instagram, Lisa DeSanctis. We'll also put some pictures on our Wedbooker Instagram and blog that you guys can check out as well. It was really nice to relive it and that was really fun. So thank you. 
Thanks again to Lisa for sharing those incredible tips. Now, if you want to find out more, we'll have a full blog post on Lisa's big day over on wedbooker.com. So make sure you check it out. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Tune in again next week when we'll actually have our first groom on the pod, Maddie J. Yeah, I know you'll love this one. We had so much fun chatting to Maddie. So we'll chat to you guys then. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Wedding Digest. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you love what you hear, feel free to leave us a review. If you want to find out more about any of our featured guests or suppliers mentioned, just head to wedbooker.com. You'll find a detailed blog post on each episode.